0: Hey everybody, my name is Pej, we come on every single Tuesday right around noontime. I always have special guests in the recovery world. We talk about anything and everything that's recovery related or lack thereof. Welcome to Pej's Recovery Corner. (laughs) Live.
1: We're live.
0: We're live.
1: I've seen it come on. It says we're live.
0: Okay, here we go. Let me turn the volume down on this. Okay. Ah. Welcome everybody. Welcome to Peggy's Recovery Corner. Today my, my special guest is Selwyn Jones, who is George Floyd's uncle. Today is the one year anniversary of George's passing. It happened exactly one year ago last year. Hello, Selwyn. Welcome to the corner.
1: Hello, Pez. How are you, my man? I'm good, thank you.
0: Or or as Mr. Jones, I should say. Uh, Come
1: Selwyn. Okay. My close friends can call
0: me so So it's it's good to have you on here today. Um you had reached out to me about a month before, I guess somebody had told you to uh, to talk to me because I have this recovery podcast where we talk about, you know, all things recovery, uh, addiction, alcoholism, mental health. And um and when when we actually started talking in the first place, we were talking about um obviously what had happened to your nephew, uh, the fact that he did have his own struggles, his own personal struggles, and, and the fact that uh, he wasn't in a good headspace, particularly that day or probably a lot long time before that, but also the fact that people don't need to stigmatize um, somebody else who has their personal struggles when it comes to addiction. And, you know, look at the tragedy that came out of that. And, and one of the reasons that I really wanted to talk about this is, is I followed this case very closely. I mean, the whole world, saw this, you know what I mean and and um I, I think even that particular day um there were people that uh that uh, everyone was shook that, that that this had to go down the way that it did, and no one even talked about the whole addiction thing until later when people started delving a little bit deeper and they wanted to to uh take sides or see what the reasoning was or why was why was uh he being so resistant to to being arrested. Uh, what was the reasoning for him and what, what happened inside the store? And then how did it go down outside? And, but, but at the end of the day, the, when it, the way it went down wasn't right. Right. And and it could have been prevented. And I really believe and think that, uh, that, um, you know, uh, he lost the chance of being, be becoming a rehabilitated man, a man that would have maybe possibly at some point in his life had the chance of, uh, Overcoming his addiction, hopefully, God willing. So welcome to the corner of Selwyn. Let's hear I want to hear from you. How are you doing today?
1: Well, you know, normally I'm running 192 miles an hour. And because I felt like I had to, you know, shift down to a different gear when I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. It addictions horrible. A difference I addiction's horrific. Uh at the end of the day, you're not only one person's not being affected by it. You're talking families, family members, kids, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know all about this, you know, because I've seen it. You know, I'm not saying that I've always been perfect. You know, I've been, a, a you know, I've uh, had demons that I would call them that I had to fight off, mm-hmm. but a lot of people need help. You know, the problem with... The difference between the tan race and the less melanated races, it's easier for us to go to jail than it is for us to get a bed to go to rehab. And, you know, and from 86 to 97, it was it was that crickety crickety row, you know, mm-hmm. They and, you know, when do you know that they tried to destroy Oliver North's life by telling the truth? Hmm. They tried to destroy his life by telling the truth. And he told mm-hmm. them that the the drugs that were put into the ghettos come from an X amount of place to pay for a certain war, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah. th- that was true. It was true. It's and, been true. And that was true. And everybody mm-hmm. thought it was a fable. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now. Right. Let's go from 97 and let's skip to 2000, what, four, five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, was a, there was something else that was called an opioid addiction. That's right. People didn't get a sale. They got a bed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so once again, here we go with systemic racism. And here we go with racism. Here we go with power and control. Now, mm-hmm. what makes everybody else good enough to help the rehab Right, first the sin of the man to prison for the rest of his life for what because he made one mistake, and you know life's about choices. You right. know, we know that life is about choices, and if you make a choice, a lot of people like to hold you accountable mm-hmm. for that choice forever. And my man, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. You know, I've seen many of people battle addiction and you could be addicted to women or money or cars there's mm-hmm. plenty of things we could be addicted to but right. unfortunately the addiction that that affects us most of all is the narcotic or 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 substance uh, substance abuse you know what I'm right. saying right. and it's sad that I think a lot of people run from things and it's mm-hmm. a way to surpass it's a way to you know to put it in the back of their mind. And if I, and if you can forget about something for just a brief period of time, it seems like that it's not so bad. And mm-hmm. it don't matter how much you drink or you smoke or you shoot. If it was there before you started, it's going to be there after you started. Mm-hmm. So that's where mental health comes into effect. Because remember, in our day, if your finger was hurting, daddy would whoop your butt. Mm-hmm. If the eye was hurting, daddy would whoop your butt. Right. You know, if you had a broke leg or you got a girl pregnant, he'd whoop your butt. You know what I'm saying? That's and it right. would all go away. But uh, you know, it, it's more than a butt whooping now. It's more than uh than than wishing and hoping. And it's just like anything else in life, in my eyes, four mm-hmm. things. Communicate, conversate, educate, motivate. And, you know, a lot of times people got to be peed off before they actually do something about things. Mm-hmm. But we need to figure out, and there's no foolproof plan to this, man. There isn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Abstinence is the only foolproof plan we got. But in, in my nephew's case, you know, it could have been a girl. And a lot of times it's that partner that is doing ugly. Need some, Mm -hmm. need some, need somebody to join them and misery loves company, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's the reason why somebody said, man, you know, you need to holler at Pidge because he's got a lot of good things going on and this needed to happen. And I'm mad at you because I talked to you one night and you said, man, listen, I don't want to talk to you no more. We're going to save this for the 25th. (laughs) Then we'll talk. That's what you (laughs) did. I'm thinking, Dago, Pidge, don't like me. And I seen and I've seen a, the text of the oh he remembered, he mm-hmm. remembered well, marked know, my man. calendar. Hey man, <laughs> you know, and I put mine and I ain't gonna say what I it won't page, it didn't come out like that. Anyhow, <laughs> but I know who you was, but yeah, man. Uh unfortunately it's easier to run from things than to stand up and and face them head on, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people don't know this, Pez, but you know what? Right. It's easier to tell the truth. It's just takes the same effort to tell the truth than a lie. Right. You know
0: that. And absolutely. You know, one of the reasons that I um I labeled today's show Kill the Stigma, not the individual or <laughs> not the person, is for the mere fact that as I said, I watched this case very closely. And you know, racists are gonna be racist. We we won't even talk about what what type of shit came out of this whole thing? I mean, obviously, a lot of people showed their true colors. A lot of people had a lot of opinions. People were quick to go and try to research George and see what his past was, that he was a troubled individual when he was in his early life, that he never, ever actually was – was he wasn't a good guy. And then you throw drugs in the mix. I mean, it went all the way down to when I was watching the, 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 the pretrial and all, all the court proceedings and everything, even the uh, defense – Uh, tried to convince the jury of George's addiction as being the cause of that day's misfortunes for George's death and that he was being ultra resistant and that he, I mean, if they were going to try to convince people that he deserved that, like he did not deserve that. And had had he been restrained in a different way, he would have definitely survived. So I just I, I i wish that people would understand that just because somebody has a drug addiction does not make them a bad person. George had a daughter, and his daughter now gets to grow up without her father. And if his and if the father had the opportunity to be rehabilitated, or to be or have the chance to live, because forty six years old is young. Forty six years old is still not old, you know. He he still had a long ways ahead of him and she still had a, a many, many years that she that she would have had the opportunity to have her father in in uh her life. But now she she's
1: been she's that's been taken away from her. High school graduation, college, college graduation, marriage who's gonna walk, who's gonna walk her down the aisle. That's you right. know? Hey, Uncle Seven will if He's need to. to do but yeah. Yeah. what I'm saying is this is he took a lot of things away that we can't get back right. ever. And think about this, Pej. Mm-hmm. nineteen dollars and a hundred pennies. Nineteen dollars and a hundred pennies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Say that and see if see if that ain't a tongue twist tongue twister. His mm-hmm. life that particular day was worth nineteen dollars and a hundred pennies, but. His life is priceless. And as I told you before, I'm, this might sound a little corny. I don't mind the person that changed the modern world being my nephew. I'll take that. I'll take my nephew being the guy that opened everybody's eyes around the world to systemic racism. To racism, to hatred, mm-hmm. to oppression, I'll take that. I will. I'll be. I would prefer to take that than the guy that nephew shot up all these places, or mm-hmm. was walking down the street of Kenosha, Wisconsin. And I would, I would easily trade. But right. you, you notice the difference, right? right. Uh, the young fella in Charleston, South Carolina, he sits down and they pray for him. They're about to break bread with him, and they drop their heads to pray. And he got a Happy Meal and a Diet Coke. Mm. The, 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 the young fella that uh, shot up the movie theater in, in Colorado, he got a bottle of water. The young dude that, uh, that was in walking through Winosha, Wisconsin,
0: mm-hmm. they,
1: st- they slowed down and let him pass. Now, how is that? Because you are black and because you are uh, you are stigma with black folks smoke dope, mm-hmm. uh, black folks rob, black folks kill. Does that mean all black people should die because they have issues? Oh. Right. And the last thing we should be talking about is about George Perry Floyd not being here today. But guess what, man? Those are the cards that we were dealt. And I'll take these cards because the George Floyd Policing Act mm-hmm. will be passed. And there will be a lot of the things that come from this that will do good in our world. You know, uh, mm-hmm. having mental health workers on police cars, on police cruisers, instead of instead of police officers. Because I'll tell you, Pej, if I'm having a mental breakdown, prime example, <laughs> Stephanie Saab in Portland, Oregon. Her brother, decorated war hero, he was having a, a a mental breakdown, and he was talking to his counselor on his phone, and his counselor was afraid that he would hurt himself. So, what did the counselor do? Let's call the police and let's have a well check. They show up there because he was a military vet with five or six cruisers, the the rock truck with the you know that could run through a house, and. Right. They go to the door the first time and they say, hey, man, uh, he says, hey, y'all just leave me alone. I'm talking to my counselor. I just you know, I just want to be by myself. The second time he come back to the door, would y'all please leave my premises? The third time he came to the door, well, I'm sure, you know, who Stephanie Saab is. Mm-hmm. They put one right between his eyes and blow the back of his head off. While he's talking to his counselor, a lot of people just need people to talk to. They just need people to suit their soul because when you're doing bad, you know, you're bad. Everybody know when you're doing wrong. Everybody, right. you know, you know, when you're not doing right. Mm-hmm. And do you honestly think people need to be, need to have it jammed down their throat? No. That what they're doing is wrong. You want to help them. You want to lift them up. You don't mm-hmm. want to kick them down, I mean, kick them while they're down. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that I know that when I was having some of my trials and tribulations, I ain't going to never say I was down. You know, I, you know, I was one of those people that if this was something I wanted to do. Let's do it. Let's enjoy ourselves and let's go back to the real world. There's very few people can say that they have that mentality that Mm -hmm. you put things in their place. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the place I put it in is outside of my life. Because I realized that enough's enough. You know, everybody experiments and go through trials and tribulations. And I sure have talked to Big Fella enough that I almost think from that move from Houston to Minneapolis, I thought that was gonna be the straw that broke the camel back. Mm-hmm. Because people gotta be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. You know? And to move from family, daughter, friends and the love of his life, his mama, to go to Houston, that takes a big step for somebody that has been, that that has totally destroyed everything that they thought that was precious to them. He, He should have been in the first round. He could have been in the second round. But he gave that up to help his mama. And very rarely does that happen. Because there's two types of cash. There's short cash and there's long cash. Right. And whenever you deal with short cash, my brother, you run a a you run the possibility of a variety of things happening. One of mm-hmm. them is going to jail. The other one is getting hooked on your own supply. That's right. And, and the third one is obviously where we're sitting at now. You mm-hmm. know.
0: And I'm I'm happy that you bring that stuff up because I. I it's really interesting, you know. I'm I'm a Persian man, and, and God struck me dark. Most Persians have olive skin, but I got this year-round tan. And I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, for a long time. And how many wives do you have? <laughs> I, don't, I wasn't a polygamist or anything just like that. Just checking. Just checking. Just checking. But but growing up in Utah, they called me lots of names. Like I, I and I told you this, when I first talked to you, that I have experienced oppression firsthand. They called me all kinds of names. I mean, I had a kid tell me that his granddaddy used to own my granddaddy. And I knew from a very young age that this is a learned behavior, that certain people within their own household are raised by certain people, that like their, their fathers and their grandfathers talk a certain way about certain races and things like that. So so I understand that. The thing about Minneapolis and Minnesota, I love Minnesota. As you see, there's print, a picture of Prince behind me. I'm a... a that's like my second home. I love Minneapolis. It's a very diverse city. It's very fast-paced. I I, I would uh, I'd often go out there to to go to different conventions and different um, events that surrounded you, themselves around. Are Prince. you telling me that you frequented Hennepin Avenue? Hennepin Avenue for sure. I love going to First Avenue. I actually like the fact that they put a George Floyd uh, star on the door at First Avenue.
1: That's a big deal. I've uh, I was standing right beside that picture. It's I got saw George that. Floyd. I actually saw that Dennis picture. Floyd. Floyd.
0: That's really you cool. Know? So so the thing about that I always loved about Minnesota and Minneapolis is is when you go to downtown you could walk up into like bunkers which is a bar and you can see blacks and whites playing rock music and R&B together. It's a very diverse uh, area, right? It's really cool. The only thing is is and when when we talk about stigma like a stigma when it comes to addiction a lot of people, depending on the individual, if they if they are judgmental or they view you a certain way, they might just think, oh, you know what? Look at this dude. He's hood. Like, oh, and he's under the influence and he's being resistant. And and when it comes to addiction, addiction itself, like when it comes to drug no addiction, color. there is no color. There's no uh, there's no discrimination.
1: You're gonna this is gonna be really funny. And some people might not think it's so funny, but you know what? That's what Uncle does. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to the gay nineties and seen a drag show? <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have, I have, I have been, I used to have a girl that, uh, that loved the drag shows, you know? Yeah. And I'd be like, man, I ain't trying to go there. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, 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 no. And it was funner than heck. And they were blacks and they were white. And they were Hispanic. They were Asian. So many, I used to live in Agen. I mm-hmm. love Minneapolis. You know what I'm saying? Right. And boy, the girls look really good there too. Let me tell you, cold or hot. The girls yeah. look really good. Just say it. But anyhow, yeah, the beautiful people you know, there. South Beach. Uh, I love mm-hmm. that. I yeah. love Minneapolis. And to think that one of my favorite cities has a problem. And make no mistake about it, my friend. All black people ain't bad. All Persian people ain't bad. Ones with dark tans are a little suspicious, mm-hmm. though. Just saying. Uh all Caucasian people ain't bad. You know, it's we've got that certain amount of people that are in every race that makes it bad for the rest of us. But that's right. Make no stakes, make no mistakes about it, my brother. We've had one ruler, one race that has ruled this Mm -hmm. roost forever and I'm still trying to get back to why did they make us the punching bag why did people with tans have to be the one that that got the punching bag syndrome why -hmm. did we have to work clean, heal hung lynched, foot in the butt and guess what and it's still happening today. It is happening. You know, if it was, if it was just about him being high, and you know what, pitch they were trying to make it about him being high.
0: I know they, they were. were. Try,
1: they were trying to make it. Okay, if you walk on the train track and the train hits you, and you're high, <laughs> who killed you? The mm-hmm. drugs or the train? Well, the train is the one that did the devastation. But right. there's if he would have been of his right in mind, he would not have put himself in that situation. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something, Paige. You never will see anybody that will ever do exactly what the police officer... Obviously, obviously it wasn't his first rodeo.
0: Right.
1: You know? So, he did exactly what he was supposed to do and still died. Black folks is the only people that when we're 7 or 8 or 9 or 10 or 12 years old, mm-hmm. guess what? You have a conversation about the birds and the bees. Mm-hmm. The one, two, threes. right? And you sit there and they say, okay, now listen. When you see that light flicker behind you, 10 and 2, brother. Put your 10 hand- and 2. Cut the yeah. radio down. You yeah. are saying yes, sir, no, sir. You're not giving them no reason to get pissed off. Mm-hmm. Because we sort of kind of know the outcome. And let me tell you, funny story. I figure, I don't know, two thousand. 10 12. I'm mm-hmm. in Chadger, Nebraska, the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere. Son, they know they nothing but cows out there. Only thing you can see is the white of the cow's eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving an old crazy looking black Cadillac station wagon, about 600 horsepower. I look behind I me, pigeon. It was, it looked like it was a Christmas parade. Mm-hmm. I look behind me and I called my wife on the cell phone. I was like, sweetie, somebody just run hot on me. How far are you from Shazen? Oh, about 18 miles. She's like, get there. Well, when we stopped right before the bike strips, the
0: mm-hmm. young
1: man, jumped, he's like, why were you driving so fast? I said, I want to see how fast that daggone cruiser would run because there's no way I'm stopping in the middle of the woods mm-hmm. in Nebraska with somebody with lights on behind me. That don't happen with me, sir. Mm-hmm. That don't happen with me. And the first thing they say, are you high? Are you in the narcotics? I was like, the only thing I am is crazy as hell that I'm trying to live today. And it, I knew two of the cops out there. They were laughing. You know, oh, God, Jonesy. So vacuum cleaners for a living. So I've been a hoop my whole life. And they were yeah. just shaking their head laughing. And uh, when he said, why were, you, why were you speeding? Because I wanted to see how fast the cruiser would run. Simple. <laughs> if we're going to go to jail tonight, let's take me. But if not, let me go. But it's just like, With people that get high, I've seen Perry high one time in my life, one time, because the rest of the times he would he would not let me see him because I seen that look in his eye. The last time I seen him, uh, I would call him displaced mentally at his mother's funeral. He was 35 minutes late. I look and I'm sitting there waiting. I didn't even care about the funeral. There's nothing my sister was gonna do. She wasn't gonna wake up and tell me to turn around and look at her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I waited till I seen him come and I seen him show up, walk to the door and I met him at the front door. Why are you doing this? Uh, first of all, excuses are the easiest things to make. I can, I used to, I can make it for, I'm an excuse one of my friends' baby's diapers bursted and I had to be the one to help him hold the diaper in the middle. (laughs) You know, so excuses are easy. And that's the problem that we have with addiction. It seems like it's easier to blow it off or to excuse something else when we really just need to get down to the matter at hand. Why are you doing this to yourself? Because you know that there's only two places two choices you got mm-hmm. uh all the police and I'm sorry I should probably say this correctly now since I'm a man of of the of worldly fear the police you like that Caucasian way the police <laughs> uh the police only got to get lucky one time and I think that they care more about getting money from you than helping you because uh prison is not a prison is not a rehab. Prison is a prison is a school that you go to with others like yourself that y'all work on your ideas that fail. And think about it, man. Mm-hmm. Prison ain't, being a criminal, it ain't no 401k. You don't get days off. You know, and matter of fact, the vacations are really bad. Because the vacation is called solitary confinement. That's right. That's the only time you get a chance to be by yourself. And 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 reflect on your thoughts. So you know, man, I don't know what we do or how we do, but all I know is is drug usage has gone up two thousand percent. That's right. Than where we were when, when we were young kids. Because mm-hmm. let's be real, all we wanted to do, man, you remember that you remember the little manila envelopes? Yes, get a couple of pinners in there and you twist them up. Mm -hmm. You had five people smoking off two pinners. And Mm -hmm. guess what? You were high as damn Georgia Point. You thought you was. Right. You know? So I just don't understand. And you know, and oh mad dog 2020.
0: Mm -hmm. Remember
1: that? That temple pink put some aid in that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice and lit up. You know, and then you, you know, you go to school and you were scared in hell because Mm -hmm. if the teacher saw you and realized that you were looking funny all they had to do was do one thing. Mm -hmm. Mama! Mama! And Mama would take care of you. And to me, it's about more of a respect when we were younger, Mm -hmm. because now, I don't think people give a daggone. I had a nephew in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. I'm going to say that Mm -hmm. one more time. Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And he uh was, him and Perry they were sort of kind of they felt the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, you they had to suppress their feelings. Uh and he suppressed his feelings a great deal. Mm-hmm. And he him and his uh his little girlfriend, uh son got into a little altercation. Right. You know where I'm going with this, right? Yes. And you know, when, and my nephew put hands on him. He did the rope it up on him, he weaved him, bob, pop, 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 pop. And, uh, you know, the old days, being you were getting into a scuffle. You know, I rough you up, and you take off running. That told me you didn't want no more. I'll see you tomorrow, sucker. I'll see you tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that young fella told my nephew that. I'll see you in a little while, partner.
0: You, you have a question. Somebody asked, so is decriminalization the answer or better prison programs? <laughs> Do you
1: want to answer that? You can get that if you want to, because you don't almost say something crazy. My thoughts Well, you know, this ways. is what I, you I believe. It. You get it, you get it. I'm gonna find this. So with
0: this is what I believe. Uh decrim- decriminalization is it, is it the answer based off of my own personal experience because I, I too obviously had an addiction problem and major alcoholism and I was caught up and I became my own best c- customer.
1: Just what drugs do to you.
0: Right, right. I became my own uh, best customer or worst customer, however you want to look at it. Take down you
1: your own supply. Take down you your I own was supply.
0: I high off my own supply. And, and so when I would get locked up, it's not like that was helping me at all. Had I been given the opportunity to become rehabilitated not through some drug program where i got to check in with the probation officer and pee in a cup all the time and just make sure that they have that they're keeping tabs on me but actual rehabilitation rather than getting locked up for bad choices and bad Bad you know just a certain type of lifestyle that I was living rather than getting locked up for a long period of time i don 't think prison programs are ever going to help anyone it 's not the most you could get out of there is some books and maybe some twelve step meetings and, and and there's people that are in there that are lifers that are that are you know just doing like a twelve step program but they 're few and far between however if if people could actually get the opportunity to to be rehabilitated, however that may be through a treatment program. Just because they're from uh, not, you know, like they don't have the stellar uh, policy like insurance policy or a whole bunch of money to go to rehab, but some kind of program that we could actually put together to help people rather than than uh, putting them away for a long time. I believe that that could that could definitely change a lot. Uh, somebody else is saying, I'm curious if George had a trauma history with the PD prior to this. My condolences to his uncle. Thanks for having a conversation with him. Incredible movement that his loss has helped to inspire.
1: Uh, You know, George grew up in the hood. And I'm not making any excuses about growing up in the hood. I grew up in the cornfield, you know. Uh, And he was just – he made bad decisions based upon his friends and I'm not going to say peer pressure uh, puts you in a, a lot of situations, but guess what? Birds of a feather flocked together. Together, that's right. You know, and he was he he was he wasn't he wasn't a follower. And I okay, let me back up. George Floyd dropped out of college in 1998. Uh, he could have been a first round draft pick, six seven. When he died, he was 6'7", 245 pounds. The man had 8% body fat. That's what kind of athlete he was. He dropped out of college because he wanted to help his mother. Because my sister lived in the ghetto, government housing, government cheese. Anything that she could do to prevent going back down south where a black man is a boy, she tried you know and when george i remember him telling me what he wanted to do i want to drop out of school and go home and take care of mama my exact words were, george everybody has their own path my sister made that path you've got to give yourself a chance because you dropping out of school to help my sister ain't giving you a chance it's putting you in a place that you've seen these people. What happens when you grow up in the ghetto all these years? Well, I've got a niece that uh, you don't call what she has a mm-hmm. What you call what she has is a way of life. She's been smoking crap for, I don't know, let's say since 1985. She's had nine kids that she has dropped off at the hospital, and my sister, because she had that, i am a to save mentality, went and picked those kids up. Most of those kids that you see standing on stage, uh, three of them are, you'll see a ton, you'll see a sister, you'll see felonius, you'll see Rodney, and the rest of them, are my nieces and nephews by mm-hmm. my niece. And my sister died literally trying to protect those kids well you got Perry that decided he would go help his mama and what happens he puts himself in a bad situation guess what it does to the mental that puts you down in a hole 20 years later when the day that he heard my sister died I talked to him and he's like Uncle Selwyn What in the world have I done to my life? I literally have disappointed the one person that I've always loved more than anybody. Big Floyd, you got to let that go, man. All you can do is make it better so she can look down and say, hey, at least he's the man that he should have been. At least he's being the man now. He's taking care of his business. And, you know, man, he tried. He tried like heck. You know, I remember him, uh, and I didn't even know about this, uh, 2017, I couldn't find him. And I'm all over Facebook. Has anybody seen uh, Perry? Has anybody seen Perry? They showed me that on Facebook. (laughs) They showed me on Facebook that I was looking for him to find out where he was. Because let me tell you, buddy. I love Perry Floyd because some of the similarities that I've seen in my life, I saw in his life. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference. That old school black woman, five foot of lead, Lauren Jones, uh, I still, I kept hearing things in the back of her head, in the back of my head. You know the difference between right and wrong. You have people counting on you. You have things that you need to accomplish as a man. And this stuff that you're doing, wasting your time, give it back. Give it back. And most people can't give it back, Pez. You know that. Me and you, we had to go through some things to be able to say, hey, you can have that. You know, Uh, I don't want that. So we got to implicate some sort of system that's going to help people not because of the color of your skin, because I got more money, why do I get to be saved? And that Mm -hmm. that seems like that's just the way of life, man. If you got more cash, why does a black man interest higher than a Caucasian man's interest? Why does a black man get 30% 30 more time when he's sentenced than a white guy? Why is that? Those are things that we can honestly do nothing about because that's the way of the world We can obviously communicate about it and conversate, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, we have to be accountable. uh, And because you didn't change until you got sick and tired of being sick and tired, that's right. You got tired of disappointing yourself. Uh, And honestly, I have never seen a rehab. Never felt like I needed a rehab. My rehab was looking in the mirror and saying to myself, "Damn, son, you can do better than this." Mm-hmm. And there's so many functional uh, addicts this day and age mm-hmm. that all they need is just a little time, just a little help to find out where this comes from. Because trauma trauma comes from when you were a kid, Peg. you know, mm-hmm. which to me, like I said, the only trauma I had when I was a kid is my daddy putting that strap on my butt and that mama mm-hmm. hit me across the back. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, that's trauma, but that's trauma that I'll never forget.
0: But right.
1: spare the rod, spoil the child. Oh, I, I do spare the rod now. Can't say that. Can't say that out loud, Pidge, because you'll get locked right. up with your kids. Anyhow, mm-hmm. anyhow, but we have got to have more people like you in this world to uh to wanna help that next guy
0: mm-hmm. because.
1: All all people sometimes need is just a helping hand. You know, I love that you say that. You know, he
0: the the gentleman that had asked about if George had had trauma. You're absolutely right. You know, I, I had my own personal trauma, and I and I'm often in a lot of recovery groups and circles. And usually, like when I walk into a room full of people that are newly recovering from addiction or alcoholism or mental health, I know I'm walking into a room where at least 80 to 90% of that room has had some kind of sexual trauma, some kind of, you know, Aggressive trauma, some kind of rape, uh, perhaps, uh, there was tension within the house. There was abuse. There was physical, mental, verbal abuse. A lot of people have endured a lot of trauma. Doesn't matter if they're from the hood. It doesn't matter if they're from the hills. It, there's trauma that goes around and a lot of people will try to numb themselves out and definitely, uh, not have to feel and escape. Um, I wanted to, uh, ask real quick about the, the gag order that had happened out of this case. Uh, what i love that you're so open to talking about this stuff and definitely we we want to help people so i I think that you and i could collaborate more and and see how we we can go about
1: i'll be glad to come to california be glad uh the have you ever heard of the groom sisters they're backup singers for pink floyd no they're sisters okay i'm in love with durga um, she can sing. They're literally backup singers, Black chicks. They were backup singles. Singles for Pink Floyd. They're mm-hmm. friends of mine. Durga mm-hmm. lives out there in the Hollywood Hills. So okay. I want to be just like Jed Clampett. So my car might look a little bit better. Uh, okay.
0: We- Come out to L.A. I'll show you around. We'll, 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 we'll collaborate. Oh, we'll
1: talk about down it. Oh, now, wait, wait, wait. Put my damn space glasses on, man. Put my space <laughs> glasses on.
0: The, them I'm is your John Lennons, but I, I say John- them is your Prince's.
1: These are my little red Corvette. (laughs) You know, people ask me why am I so crazy? Because when you wake up in the morning and see one of your favorite people being murdered on national television, it tends to make you think about a lot of things. When When you come to a town that you have decided that lay your roots, lay your head and and have your wife holler at your seven year older while she's walking through the office. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, mm-hmm. and you hear people, hold on, Piz, I got this quick one for you. This is what happened. Somebody murders my nephew. Murders my nephew. And when we bury him, we had a Confederate flag on the police uniform. And uh they are uh, Somebody asked what I thought about it. I said, I didn't know we had it. That's how much I cared about it. Hmm. And it all comes down to, to folks and what they believe and how they believe. Because let me tell you something, brother. With the battle that I fought, I remodeled a whole motel in a year by myself. And this is what I get. If After you're somebody by a
0: piece of cloth, but think, move it over a little bit. But think, hold on a sec, but think dealing drugs to kids is all right. You might be this moron.
1: Pitch, that are the cards that I have to, that I was dealt after somebody murdered my nephew. And you know what, man? That don't, they talked about Jesus Christ. So I know what I am and who I am. And I know that my nephew died and he's had many, many things. Hey, he's been sober for 365 days. That's what was there this morning, because he's been mm-hmm. dead, you know? Right. Uh, so guess what? None of that affects me or bothers me because I know I've got a bigger plan. I, I've got a bigger path to follow. I have a movement that I have to continue to, to teach the righteous and let people hear these words that we have to say, people like me and you were're the only way we're gonna make the young folks listen or hear because, I
0: absolutely um, agree I'm, I'm with you on that i I'm, I'm a, you know people can people can have their opinions and they can think what they want. I think a lot of times um when it comes down to um, opinions about races and things like that. A lot of people don't put themselves in other people's positions. I don't. They just, they just see it from their own eyes and their own ideology and how they're raised. So when it comes down to it, whether it be George, whether it be Prince, who also died from you know, who also was had some stuff in his system in the same state, whether it be uh, you know Persians. I got a bunch of guys in my sober living right now that are all ex uh, drug addicts that are now becoming the men that they were meant to be rather than the facade that they were caught up in. Everybody gets chances and choices, but they deserve to have the choice to live so that they can actually make the change within. And I I believe that if George could have had his life spared, he may have had that, the the, the ability to be able to change his life. However, because of the sacrifice of his, his, the loss of his life. Now we've, we've got to expand on this and and make, make more out of it. Somebody's
1: asking. We can save more than a George because of George now.
0: Many, there's, yep, exactly. So last question from one of the people is, was George a spiritual person? And
1: then we'll it, close it out. He talked about Jesus more than probably anybody that I know of. He's one of them. Now, you have to understand where I'm coming from. Southern mm-hmm. Baptists. You're talking about women that wear, wait, look at my flower behind me. Women mm-hmm. that wear this on their hat going to church right you know they're hooping and they're hollering and they're getting down and every time you talk to them the lord will do george was that guy the lord was going would help you through anything and challenge and pain that you have going in your life you just have to believe you know he was so crazy that this is funny here y'all this is literally Mm -hmm. funny george prayed to the Lord and the Lord wanted him to open a restaurant guess what the restaurant was going to serve Pej? Hmm. oodles and noodles oodles and noodles and guess who we're going to serve them convicts that he had been with I go like man now you know obviously you're crazier than heck oodles and noodles you know Romans you know and you know he wanted to be a preacher uh, he sat around and he listened to T.D. Jakes and all these other people. Mm-hmm. And it just come down to the end of the day is David Chauvin found himself as judge, jury, and executioner on May the 25th, 2020 at mm-hmm. 8.26 and 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. A good guy with a good heart and a good soul passed on to make a change for all of us. Because I'm sure... Uh, Darnella Frazier had to be right there where she was. David, Ch- Derek Chauvin had to show up. And the last one was George Perry Floyd had to show up because I look at it this way, my man. We lost one soldier to that war. But that one soldier put a lot of generals in the path of each other so we can make a change in. We will do some work together, my brother. I promise you that. I
0: love it. Because but-
1: nobody needs to go through that situation or any other situation that has to do with race, creed, color, or mentality, whether you are feeling good or bad. Because everybody just needs a helping hand. And sometimes, hey, man, how are you doing? Because I know some of my bad times hearing somebody say, yo, man, you all right today, man? Mm-hmm. Wait, you know how you feeling today? Mm-hmm. That meant more to me than somebody telling me, "Oh God, and listen." This is the last thing, I had a girlfriend of mine that decided that she didn't want to be with this handsome fella. Right, <laughs> and I decided, hey, if you don't want me, guess what? I don't want you. I don't want nobody that don't want me. Simple. Right. I was put into an involuntary rehab. I was involuntary committed for three or four days. Yeah. And you know how mad I was?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Heck, I ain't been hiding five years. Right. And you know what I'm thinking, wow, when I was, probably should have been in here. You didn't do it. Now I'm sober and I'm thinking of my all my normal faculties, and you're mm-hmm. gonna do this to me. You know, so you know, man. All I know is this. George left this place a better place than he came in it. And I know that with you and people like yourself to give me an opportunity to spread my words, mm-hmm. see my ugly space glasses, preempts they are, you know, uh, to uh, to live to fight another day. I appreciate you, man. And anytime you want to get together and chat, because I always, I call this a conversation, just life. That's just a great life for a black guy
0: and i want, and I want to let it be known. I want to thank you for coming out today. I also want to let it be known that uh, our talk today, coming from myself, I have friends that are police officers. I have friends that know uh, they understand when somebody's not well, when they're not well mentally due to addiction and things like that, Basically. they would be able to handle somebody like that a lot better than coming at them with in an aggressive fashion oh, to yes. the point where where they you know so so I, I have a lot of respect for those that protect and serve but they're supposed to protect and serve all even police the, officers the ones are bad
1: that, all yeah. police officers are bad. We need right. police. So when people say defund the police, I hope they're talking about getting counselors to go with them and not mm-hmm. because if you want to see some crazy stuff, Pedge, and maybe you need to call me after this, mm-hmm. go to 38th in Chicago, where they're trying to police themselves. Okay. Pitch, Pitch. you call me after. We'll holler about that. No, I will. Okay, I'll do that. Hey, God bless you, kids. Thank you.
0: Thanks um, for coming to Uh, at eight
1: twenty-six at fifteen seconds tonight, I would love everybody to say, "Amen," and and throw some angel kisses up to the heaven above because I'll never forget, this hurts me more than anything in the world. I knew the exact time my nephew died. He died mm. at 8.26 and 15 seconds, nine minutes and 29 seconds. When the air left his brain, you'll see his eyes flutter. Mm. Then he went on to the other world. God bless your kids. God Thank bless you. you. And don't let it be another six months before I talk to you, too. You can call me later.
0: All right, brother. Later, big fella. Later. Thank you. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.